This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast. You know, a few weeks back when we were doing a podcast uh, with emails, one of the questions was who's the best owner in sports? And I said, that's easy. I said, just look at efficiency, productivity. And it is the guy who owns the Tampa Bay Rays, Stu Sternberg, because I said, for the money spent, the amount of wins and what they get is unbelievable. Well, that's made me look really smart because they started off the season now with a record tying 13-0 and start. And the uh, aforementioned owner, Stu Sternberg, joins us now. Stu, welcome. How are you? Um, well, Michael, it's great to hear your voice, and you're, you're extraordinarily too kind, and I don't know if you're correct, but... Hey, I, I, it's today. remarkable. It's, uh, you know, listen, what you have accomplished right now this year, I looked it up this morning to see where you were. There's only two teams that have spent less money, and that is Oakland and ba- Baltimore and Oakland in that order. And you not only have put together this string where it's... Uh, you know, remarkable year after year, 86 wins, 100 wins, 90, 96 wins. Uh, now to open 13 and 0, uh, it's just amazing what you've done. And it makes people like if you go into a ballpark and you say to them, hey, what about the race? They just shake their heads. If it's a general manager, if it's anybody, they just shake their heads and say, it's unbelievable. And it is. I mean, what you do for per dollar bang for your buck is unbelievable how does it feel to be in the midst of this 13 and 0 start it's it's uh, look for, first of all we don't try to spend little <laughs> you know we spend all we can right uh i'd love nothing more than to be able to spend you know 30 50 70 million dollars more and have you know a couple more all-stars on the team that would be great just you know we we spend what we can afford it's basically it but how does it feel it you know sometimes you you have a a even, you know, before owning the team and obviously even owning the team, I still take it from a fan standpoint. You have a game and you, a, a team comes in, a series, and you look at things in series and you sweep a series. It's really special. You know, the brooms come out, everybody gets excited, and you get a, a good weekend of baseball or, you know, a, a, a Tuesday to Thursday kind of thing. Maybe it creeps into the next series or something or two series. To have this go on for over two weeks is you know night after night and day after day with you know a couple of days off in between is is you know has never happened with us or anything like it and to be able to do it right out of the gate when the gun went off is is you know really triples the uh the excitement as the uh rays who are the talk of baseball go into toronto tonight uh at 13 and 0 what they've accomplished now the rays always pitch well we know that and they usually hit some homers, but you guys have hit 
over 30 homers in 13 games. I mean, I know Lowe's hot, but it's from what we go up and down. You have like nine different guys who have either two, three, four, five, six, seven home runs. It's unbelievable how much productivity you're getting up and down the lineup. We are, we, you know, I, it, after about probably about six, the second series in, I think before we, I think after we got back from, from uh, Washington, um, you know, I, we st- I started looking around what was going on in the game because, you know, you'd look at one game, three games, five games, you can't draw many conclusions out of it. But after six games, and not just us, but all around the league, you know, there have been a lot of baseball games played at that point. And I had just assumed that, the, you know, things were flying out of the parks everywhere <laughs> because I'm sitting there watching, you know, three, four home runs in a game, two home runs, five home runs. And I, I was I was really shocked to see that it, it wasn't going on all throughout, and it still hasn't. It's no. not something that's going on all throughout the game. Um, you know, the numbers we have are just so far outside of the norm. Um, I had really, and we had really just assumed that, uh, you know, this was happening in all the ballparks. You know, everyone laughs that when if Tampa calls and asks about one of your players, you hang up, okay? That's become <laughs> the, the talk of baseball. That Just hang up. I mean, because, uh, but... It is how you not only find guys, but also reclimate guys. I mean, uh, the something is clicking inside your organization from you on down that is just working at a very, very high level. Can you tell me what it is? <laughs> well, first of all, it, it, it over the last five, eight, ten, ten years, it, it's gotten increasingly more difficult for us to make a trade. Um, so it hasn't worked in our favor. You know, yeah, because everyone's like, afraid I mean, of you. Yeah, we, we've made some bad deals. You know, we traded Cronenworth to San Diego, Marquez to, you know, to, to Colorado. So, you know, we, we trade guys away. But the important thing for us is that we bring somebody in who we actually really believe in. Pitching has always been, has really been my mantra from the very beginning. has been the organization's mantra. It was drummed into me by my father. 50 years ago, 60 years ago. And it's the truth. You watch an all-star game or the world baseball classic, good pitching. And you and I know good pitching beats good hitting. You can have every the best pitcher and you yeah. can have nine hall of famers in the all. And if a pitcher makes his pitches and you have the right game plan, he's going to get the guys out for the most part. So if you start with the pitching and the run prevention, um, you know, on the field, which is where we've kept our focus, um, it goes a long way. Now, we have we have we have tried over the last number of years to bring in guys, and, and it's it's not as simple as all this. Who hit the baseball hard? And you know, right now, you know, we look at exit velocities. I mean, as fans, we all look at exit velocities. But even five years ago, that wasn't a thing that people focused on. Um, you know, now it's normal. Oh, 110 miles an hour, 105. Miles, you only hit the ball 96 miles an hour, and you know, those are the kinds of things that we we're looking at. But we we like it a lot when pitchers throw the ball hard and we like it a lot when batters hit the ball hard. And then we try to work around that and try to add a little something to their repertoire or, or something and see if we can get some success out of a guy. Just as an example, uh, the Yankees, as you know, are always spending money. They're number two in payroll. The Mets are number one. The Yankees right now have four guys who have three or more homers. The Mets have one. Alonzo, who is hitting a lot of homers, okay? He leads the league in homers. Uh, He has six homers already. Um, You have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys who have three or more homers. Um, That's remarkable. 
That is remarkable. Then you have five other guys who have two homers. So, I mean, you are getting contributions from everywhere. Yeah. Well, you look, you, you know, you go through a point in time, and it does feed on itself through the lineup. You know, when a couple of guys are doing well, it, it feeds on itself. When guys are going bad, they're going bad. We had a, our last game of the year last year. We were in Cleveland in 15 innings or so, and we couldn't score a run. We couldn't scratch anything out. And the amazing thing with us, which is rare, this we haven't done this very often since I've been involved, is we pretty much ran out the same team this year. I think we only had two changes on the whole roster. Um, so all the guys who were hitting this year, every one of them was on this team last year, um, you know, at the, at the end of the season. You know, we, we lost Kiermaier, but he wasn't there. He was hurt. Siri was there. Uh, and he's back again this year, although he's hurt right now. So it's, it, we had a lot of faith in the guys. They went through a season last year where they didn't hit that well. The year before, I think we were second in the league in runs. Um, and, and in an odd way, I, I read something yesterday, I think. I don't know if it's three of the last four or four of the last five. I believe it's three of the last four years. Uh, Brandon Lau is, hits, has hit more home runs than Aaron Judge has in each of the years. So, you know, you can play around with numbers a little bit, but this is a guy who was out, you know, for basically two-thirds of the season last year, and he's got five home runs for us, and he did it over six games. This was a high 30s home run hitting guy, not a big guy by any stretch. Uh, and he just wasn't available for us last year. Neither was Wanda Franco. They were both dinged up all year. You know, um, obviously, as you mentioned, we all know what pitching means to baseball. You had a lot of changes to deal with this year. And let's be honest, I've been very hard on Manfred. These changes to baseball this year are, they, I think they saved the game. I mean, I, Spectacular. I, I agree with you. I agree. They are revolutionary they will make him uh, commissioner for a long time. Uh, they, he saved the game, not just him, but it's his leadership. The bottom line is the radical changes, rarely do you see changes have the impact they've had. Everyone is f- in love with baseball, uh, with what they've done to speed up the game. It has worked seamlessly. It has worked so well. We'll see how much the changes in the infield and in positioning change, but uh, the players like it. We know that you're seeing hitters get hits again, who hit the ball hard. Uh, the, it had taken so much offense out of the game. How did you, what did you do to, to accentuate your efficiency against those changes this year, if anything? Well, I, I'll take it back. If I can I'll take everything back a little bit from, uh, for years, decades, the, the MLB was looking to shorten the games, as you remember, you know, creeping over three hours, over three hours. And it w- to me, it wasn't the three hours as much as it was what was happening on the field between the lines. The game had gotten boring. It became monotonous. It became difficult to watch. And at the end, and, and it, it, really all that was needed, and it's hate to say it, all that was needed, all that was needed was something akin to a pitch clock, or now we have the pitch clock. The bat and basically the batter stays in the box. The pitcher stays on the rubber. Throw the ball, and the and the, the whole pace of the game has sped up. Yeah, forgetting that we picked up 20, 25 minutes. It you know we could have done it with commercials and other ways, but the you know the the game had gotten boring. Did it, it the right way, and now there's and action again back on the all field where the ball's getting hit and people are running the bases, and that's a big positive also. Yeah, so we we have you know we knew there were some changes coming. There's only so much you can do, uh, you know, especially baseball being such a team game. Um, you make one or two changes or add one or two players. 
it can only have so so much of an effect. Did it make I mean, you accentuate you defense the or de-emphasize right? defense? You know, since Otani's been there, I don't even think they've been a, and Mike Trout. I don't think they've been a 500 team. You know, so one player, while it's amazing to have, and you look what a guy like Judge did last year, which was as you know as much of an impact as a guy can have on a team, and he's unbelievable. The Yankees had some great players around him, and you know it showed. Uh, but as far as we're concerned, we, as I said, we ran out the same guys, but. The thing that worked in our favor, the things that we have accentuated for almost two decades now, speed, defense, have have paid off, and the pitching have paid off. So we, you know, we, we're keeping the ball, uh, you know, in, in we're getting the strikeouts, we're keeping the ball in play, where we can have our, you know, extremely excellent defenders who are quite quick and have cover a lot of ground, are able to get to the balls. Uh, they're able to steal the bases, take the extra bases. This is the kind of baseball we've played all along, and fortunately the, uh, the rules have turned a bit you know, to help us steal with that. You know, we're talking with Stu Sternberg, the uh, managing general partner, the boss of the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, the principal owner, um, off to their remarkable start and what they've done with you know, the, their 28th in payroll and look where they are in wins, and this is not anything that hasn't happened year after year after year. With Tampa, I mean, Tampa's competed on the same plane as the Yankees for years. I mean, for years, the Yankees look at them as equals, and they do it spending basically one-sixth the money. Um, it's, it's, there used to be a theory or, or at least a, an adage that there was a Dodger way. There was a St. Louis Cardinal way. There was something that permeated that, that really went through the entire organization. Is there a Tampa Bay way of doing things? I, 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 you know, a bunch of our guys have, you know, much to our detriment, but have gone to work and run and manage other teams around the league. You know, I'll probably miss some. You know, James Click was running the Astros. Yeah, you got a lot of them now. You're, 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 you've been rated more than anybody right? else. Fella, you know, Chaim Bloom is, is at the Red Sox doing that. Uh, the number one guy in Milwaukee now is, you know, was a guy with us. We've got a bunch of managers who are out there from, you know, some have lost their jobs and some are still there. So people have tried to emulate it. I would tell you that, you know, I've had amazing leadership, uh, you know, all throughout the, you know, in the organization. And I think what really does it more than anything is just a, a, a unity. Uh, you know, there's a team approach in the upstairs side of the baseball organization. We have an amazing manager in Kevin Cash, uh, Eric Neander, who's running the thing. Um, we One thing we have done, if there's anything more than whatever, is I have never hired anybody in our baseball department from another organization. Everybody never. we do is homegrown. Everything we do is homegrown. Everybody uh, is homegrown. Yeah, everybody's homegrown. Now, if, if guys have gotten fired by another organization, like th- this year we brought in John Daniels, who you know ran Texas and sure. ran him beautifully in, in a large respect. But you know, time, it, 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 whatever had happened there in Texas, so John, is, uh, who's a great, great baseball guy, uh, was looking for a spot possibly. And, um, you know, so we brought him in and he's working, you know, with us as an advisor and, you know, on, on things. So we have brought in people who have lost their jobs. Um, and, but everybody in our organization, and I've got, you know, hundred and some odd people on the baseball side, uh, have come up and grown up in the organization. We bring them in young, uh, we teach them, we let them make mistakes, uh, and, and if they're any good, they keep working their way up the pyramid, and if they're not, they generally go and work for another team. 
All right, and there's a theory in baseball now that you hear about all the time, this delicate balance between the analytics department and the on-field baseball people. Um, how does it work for you guys? Cash is, uh, look, it, it, Cash and our coaches are, are, you know, there's a reason why those guys are our coaches and our manager. They work in sync with our upstairs folks. The, you know, I was down there yesterday. There's just a, there's an ease of discussion and back and forth. It, it, there's really no, uh, there's no separation there. It, you know, you, you, you could put a, you can't. Even and it's an a, easy a, fit a between the on the field guys and the, and the, uh, and the department. Um, I'm sorry, say that again. It's a, there's an easy fit between an ease or an easy fit between the on-field guys and the uh, department that produces the numbers. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the guys on the field and, and the reason why they're, they're in the clubhouse is because they have, you know, they're great at what they do, but they have an appreciation uh, for what the numbers as you'd call them or, or suggestions are made can improve their players who they're trying to coach and improve the team that they're trying to produce wins for. So they appreciate it. They're, they're thirsting for more and we help them understand the information that, you know, we're generating and we try not to get too crazy with it, but uh, cash, Kevin cash is the greatest proponent of it. I mean, he, he is, he is in, you know, a hundred percent on these things and he's always thirsting for more and look like anything else. They're competitive guys. They want to win. They want to win. And, and when they, and then when they see that the players and the players see that they're having success, as you pointed out, reclamation projects and, you know, a guy like Zach Eflin came in here this year. And part of it was he wanted to, you know, see what we can do for him as well. Obviously $40 million helped. <laughs> yes. Uh, but you know, when, when, it, when there's a coin toss, we generally are, are, are the winners with bringing in uh, players who have choices to go somewhere. Well, listen, it's become obvious to everybody. I mean, you guys breed success. It's not its not any secret. It's not a secret around the sport right now. As I told you, general managers have said to me, if Tampa calls, hang up. I mean, that's basically it. They have something we don't have, and that's why your guys keep getting hired. Everyone wants to know what's in the secret sauce there, and there you are right now sitting sitting. 13 and 0, which, you know, people, I say, does, do, they, do they amaze anybody anymore? And everyone says, no, we expect this stuff from Tampa. Yeah, that's, that's the, that, I do, you know, when you read the, the preseason, remember we go back to, you know, Baseball Digest and all Yeah, the, sure. You know, all the, the, the Baseball Almanac, all that stuff. February yeah. and we just yep. devour them, right? You know, now everybody's got prognostications and all. And nine times out of 10, I read it. And the explanation for us doing well is that, well, they seem to always do well. <laughs> you know, nobody really delves down and looks at the players closely enough necessarily, because when they do, they don't think that, that they, the players are really good enough and they wouldn't necessarily start on their own team. Right. You know, how many of our guys would be starters on the Mets or starters on the Yankees um, or vice versa? Right. A lot more you know, than like you think guys, when you really watch them, them play, you know, that and it's an entire team of you have good players. You know that you have you have good athletes. You have good players. You really do, and they're and they're very good fundamentally too. Yeah, we like them. Look, we 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 have to, we're a deep organization. We pride ourselves in that. There are injuries in the sport, um, and if we can plug in somebody else who's who's going to hold his own, uh, you look around the game sometimes. I mean, you know, it's not. I'm not going to pick on any other teams or whatever, but. You have a, a guy go down and all of a sudden somebody's in a position who really shouldn't be playing that position. And we we do everything we can to make sure that, our, that if we're putting a player on the field or a pitcher on the mound, 
it's in a position where he can have the best success he can, not that they're going to be embarrassed or out of position or facing a batter who they shouldn't be facing. Um, and, you know, every every professional player has a good matchup and they have a bad matchup. You know, you remember, you go back, there were certain pitchers who were awful and they could just get certain guys out and other pitchers who could, you know, Gibson or Koufax or whatever, who could get everybody out. And there were certain guys who just hit them. And what you try to do is, is you know, without the, you know, without star power like that is put the guys in positions where they can get the players out who they're built to get out because they can all get pitchers. They, they can all get certain hitters out. And you don't Sue, want to, it comes back to one word though. They don't have a chance against. Let's be honest. It comes back to you and it comes back to one word and that is being smart. Uh, let's be honest. Uh, you have had a very successful career, which allowed you to take this route in your life, uh, which we know in, in, in finance uh, that allowed you to get involved. Uh, you got involved with a franchise that a lot of people would have been frustrated by a long time ago, which had both hands, not one hand, tied behind its back. Um, and you have not only made it a successful franchise, you've made it the model that is copied by everybody in baseball. It's a remarkable achievement. It's, it, it, again, it, it's way too kind. It, you know, I've got... I really it's uh, honest. It's not just to be modest. I have I really had some It's honest though. That's the assessment. Let's be honest. You guys haven't here. survived. You know, You've thrived. I mean, look at and you know, Friedman left us and he went to run the Dodgers and look at the success they've had out there. And it's not, you know, it's not by accident. He, he's you some incredible people. But Mike, I like to think I learned it all on the blacktop in the schoolyards. How's that? You know, you learned it somewhere though, and you've imparted it on your guys, you guys have been at the forefront. You've been smarter than everybody else. And it shows. And that brain power has, you haven't done it by throwing money at people. You've done it by outthinking people and putting and bringing in the right people. And your team, it doesn't have the superstars that other teams has because that doesn't work in your model financially. But you know what? You have a lot of good players. Yeah, well, well, look, we we saw Wanda Franco as a twenty-year-old, you know, when he when he made his debut, and you know, we committed over one hundred eighty million dollars to the guy. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we it, if it fits and we're able to do it and, and fit it in, but he's a cornerstone for us, and he's a special, special player. We went in the off-season and and we signed Zach Eflin to a forty million dollar contract for three years. So, you know, it we can't do that often, but you know, we have to be very uh, careful about it and judicious. Um, but as I said, you know, I'm not looking to, to be, you know, 27th or 28th in spending. I'd like to be somewhere in the middle of the pack and uh, would give us a better chance to, to win. I can only imagine, you know, if I was able to go out and, and add a couple of, you know, front line, you, you pick it. But by the same token, it's, you know, for us, it's hard to improve on any of the positions we have in the field. The guys are doing great. So, um, uh, you know, we'll continue to roll with it. It's a long season, as you know, uh, and um you know, we'll see what happens this weekend in Toronto. Who knows if this was Monday, you might want to even want to talk to me. But All right, listen, you, you, we take it game by game. You live and die with this team day to day. This is your baby. You live and die with it. It's nice to get off to a decent start. You know, you don't want to, you don't worry about your start, but you don't want to get buried. And there you win a couple of games. All right. And you maybe played a couple of soft teams. You got the A's in there and they're not any good. And it's not, but, but the bottom line is you're now sitting here. You've played half a month and you're 13 and 0. What ha, what what has been the reaction of your fan base? What has been the reaction of your ball club? <laughs> the, the the guys were the guys were loose. We had it. It was a little different this year. We we got uh, Hurricane Ian hit, uh, you know, last fall. 
Yeah. Uh, the end of summer and fall. And it was a tough one. So we couldn't we yeah. couldn't do spring training in Port Charlotte where we normally do. Right. We did a few weeks in in Orlando and then we moved over to Tropicana Field. So the players, I think it actually worked out better for them. We didn't know how it was all going to get handled. So when the first game came, we were already familiar with everything. And we had been in the TROP uh, doing our spring training. And I think the familiarity worked uh, to our advantage this year as well, because you never know how the season starts, you know, it, it, when the gun goes off. So I think that helped us a lot. You know, the misfortune actually helped us. The guys being together last year and playing into the playoffs last year uh, was helpful. And yes, we haven't played, you know, the we still have yet to play the top teams, you know, in the league. The Red Sox are always a tough one for us. As well yeah, as they're not teams. an easy team by but any By the stretch. same token, I would tell you that the rebalancing of the schedule this year, something that we've been pushing for to happen since the day I came in, uh, is going to be very helpful for us. Hey, yeah, you don't want to play the Yankees playing, 19 times. playing the Yankees, Blue Jays, Red Sox, and Orioles, who are a damn good team, 19 games apiece, you know, 76 games, we're going to play them 13 games apiece. And and those other, uh, you know, 24 games get divided amongst teams that aren't as good as those. Let's just put it that way. Hey, let's be honest. The Yankees are as thrilled about that as anybody else. I mean, you've done very well against the Yankees in recent years. So it's not like, you know, the Yankees have been beating you up. It's not like you're the Minnesota Twins, who last night finally took some, uh, you know, took a little uh, of their hate out on the Yankees. You know, the Yankees, believe it or not, never are like 114 and 40 against the Twins, you know, going back look, years. Our, our, I think the way most teams go into, you know, with competitive teams, the way we think about it, and it's been accentuated, is you, know, you really have to take care of business against the teams that are that you're better than, or you think you're better than, and then just hold serve at best, you know, uh, against the Yankees and, and you know the the, the 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 Astros, the Twins, you know, the the other half of the teams you play. If you could play 500 type ball against them, and and really do the job against uh, the weaker teams, then that's a recipe for success. Has any player really surprised you so far with his thought? That's a good question. That's a yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's going to sound strange. We we had a Rule Five pickup. Uh, fellow last name is Kelly, and um, our guys were high on him. Just or should he that he had a chance? And it's very rare that we go this route because we're pretty deep on the pitching side. So to commit to a guy to keep him on the roster is is something we haven't really done. And um, you know, we we had a couple of guys upstairs in our department who really liked him and worked with the pitching coach, and we worked with him. And he made the team, and he's he came in yesterday, and he really answered the bell yesterday, and he's been pitching really well for us. So, uh, you know, he's a guy who, you know, I won't say so for his outperform, but it's extraordinarily rewarding, um, you know, when you have a guy like that as a Rule 5 who comes in. And then the kid who closed the game for us last year, pitched, yesterday pitched three innings, and, um, you know, we picked him up uh, at the end of spring training. And, you know, not a guy that's going to be at the front end of our bullpen, but you know, the kind of guys who are going to need to give us innings throughout the year. The Yankees have been very good at doing that as well. Um, but it's it's rewarding. But it, obviously, you know, everybody, as I said, they're playing out of their minds right now. Um, they really are. So, and, you know, Lowe, you know listen, Lowe had 31 doubles and 39 homers two years ago, so it's not a shock that he's off to this start. So he, we knew right. he had power. Right, right. It's there. They, they were really beat. There were a couple of guys, a few guys who were dinged up pretty good last year. And like anything else, we're going to have to stay healthy. Unfortunately, we had, you know, one of our best starters uh, go down yesterday with some some elbow issues potentially. And we're going to find out today how he is. And, um, you know, we're crossing our fingers for that one. So. And then a Rosarina is not a bad hitter either. I tell you something. I've always liked and him. He's and I think yeah, he's got. I think he's got 50 RBIs already. So you know, chance and and everything. He's an exciting player to watch on the bases and. 
He is. He's attitude. a fun player. He and, is. Um, you know, he soared in the in the World Series in the playoffs in 2020, and then the World Baseball Classic. So yeah, he's he, he's he's a, a typical kind of guy. Athletic guy can play the field. He's got some real power. You know, you look at him. He's not a giant or anything. And and those are the kind of guys that we're drawn to. All right, let me ask you a tough one to solve since you are the guy to do it. Um, baseball loves the World Baseball Classic, but it doesn't work before the season. It doesn't work after the season. It doesn't work during the season. When can when is when can you least evil in terms of scheduling? Because every player loves it. It works for baseball. It's a good promotional tool, but it doesn't work before the season. Bad injuries. After the season, they're too tired and they're too beat up. Middle of the season would make no sense. When do you play it? It's look. It, it, it's an every four year ish or so. Uh, we try to. I think as far as the injuries are concerned, you know, guys get injured in in, in regular spring training games as well. Uh, you know, they get accentuated when it happens in the World Baseball Classic. You know, sometimes they bring it on themselves. You know, outside of baseball, right? But right. there's no perfect answer. But you know, it, it has been kicked around. You know, to maybe do it during the All Star break. You know, create something there where you get a week like that. But it seems this seems to be the best of a lot of not great uh, choices is to do it. You know, like we did it this year with spring training. We just have to figure out a way to maybe get more pitchers involved and to make sure they're protected. Well, let's be honest. No team's going to want their pitchers going. You know, we right. can all understand that. Yeah. But we have to throw them, you know, for, the good part of that is, I mean, when, you, when they're playing for the U.S. and you're playing for Dominican, like the guy who manages Dominican this year is our, is our bench coach. So, you know, and we, we go there and we, you know, like the trainers, the professional trainers. The yeah, NLP the pitching coach for coach. the American team this um, year was Andy Pettit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. So, so the players get looked after fine. You know, they're, they're, they're really overly careful with them, which is good. Uh, but we just have to make sure there are enough of them. So when a guy doesn't get used, you know, too often or, or, or badly. Uh, but, you know, when somebody pitch is going to get thrown an errant pitch and you get hit on the on the hand and a broken, it's it's unfortunate. But, um, you know, it can happen just as easily or if not more so in a, in a regular spring training. Game. Well, listen, thanks for a couple of minutes. The remarkable run of the Rays is continuing 13 and 0 to start the season. So I know it's been a good April already. We'll talk to you down the road. Thanks very much. Michael, thank. Can I digress for for thirty seconds? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. St. John's. What do you? I mean, I think Louis Louis retired before he was seventy. We got a seventy-year-old coach, and fortunately, seventy in the year twenty twenty-three isn't seventy in you know nineteen ninety-five or whenever Louis left. We're feeling. Are we feeling good about it? I mean, yes. I mean, like, listen. Right? Uh, I know Rick is seventy-one, but he wants to coach for another ten years. He has such energy for it. He start, he, I'll give you an example. He runs individual drills at 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, and 8 o'clock in the morning for his players, and he instructs them himself. Um, he loves coaching. It's his passion. He wanted to get back to a big program. He was cleared of they couldn't prove anything uh, with the Louisville money, so they had to say we have to lift any ban on him. So that allowed schools to go after him. They went after him. Now, though, the big change is you saw it this morning. Villanova hired a general manager for basketball, Baker Dunleavy, who used to be uh, Jay's top assistant at Villanova, and then he went off as a head coach. He is going to be the guy who raises NIL money and then negotiates NIL deals uh, for the Villanova Wildcats for women and men. That is now going to be the future. Uh, They're going to raise a pot of money, and they're going to give the money in, in smart ways to players. 
and it's legal, na- name, image, and likeness, NIL. And Miami this year, as an example, gave one guy 800 grand. Uh, they gave four of their five starters money. Mike Rapoli is very involved with that right now, but they're going to raise money from the general populace. Uh, you know, Friends of Villanova is the uh, tool they use at Villanova. This is the future of college sports. So they'll take a NIL bunch of money and go out and get it a ready-made team. That's what goes on now every year. And it, you can call it distasteful, but that is college basketball now. And I think Patino will have a very good team very fast. Well, oh, thanks for the insight there. That's uh, yeah. Look, I'm pretty excited about it. He's, I know he's, uh, you know, well, he's, he's West, one of the great coaches well. of all time. That's, 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 that's what he is. He he and, has uh, a gift. He's one of the great him, coaches uh, of all know, time. He will win anywhere he goes. And, um, you know, I had I had some real good hopes for for Mullen when he was there, but this feels like it could be a difference. And then watching UConn, I never would have thought they'd be able to rebound back and and do what they did this year. And it was an amazing team. Uh, I think I they think had an overwhelmingly good, good team, season, especially with Patino had run forward. So thanks for the insight. They had an overwhelmingly good team. I just talked to Danny Hurley the other day. I did a podcast with him. Uh, the uh, the big kid just went pro. Uh, so uh, Sonago just went pro. Uh, but they are loaded for next year. They have a seven two center. They use size and they use the three. They not only use the three. They use size and the three, and you'll see size come back in college basketball after this year because Villanova used, I mean, uh, UConn used it very much to their advantage. But getting back to Patino, I think he will be very successful very quickly. All right. Well, thank you for that, Mike. I don't know if it'll be Tampa Ray success now. You know, I don't know about 13 and 0, but we'll have to wait and see. Time for me if we're 48 and 12. How's that? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, thanks very much. We'll talk to you down the road. Stay well, thanks. Goodbye. Stu Sternberg, the guy who, let's be honest, they've built the model. Not only do they compete, they dominate. And every team follows their lead. It's remarkable what he's built in Tampa. It's remarkable. Their guys get hired to go everywhere. They, general managers have said to me, if Tampa calls for one of your players, hang up the phone. Because they're going to beat you on the deal. And they're smarter than everybody else, which is why they have a payroll that is 28th. Okay? The Mets this year, counting everything, $344 million. Tampa, $74 million. 28th at a 30th. And they're 13-0, and they've basically averaged 90-something wins the last five or six years. And had 100, 96, 90. No losing seasons, great success, uh, can compete with anybody in the sport, and this year they're off to a 13-0 start, and have eight different players who have multiple home runs, and I think six different guys who have at least three home runs. The Mets have one, just as an example. Back after this. You're listening to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. As we said, we got a lot of busy stuff coming up. We'll be with you after the Nick game Saturday night. So we'll be looking for our postmortem on Nick playoff basketball. It's going to be a tough series. Hopefully they can get a split. If they do, it's going to be great fun with them coming back to the garden next week. Nick playoff basketball will be a lot of fun, especially if they can find a way to split the two games in Cleveland. We'll be with you after the ball game on Saturday night. Be looking for that. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week. 
on the Mike Missinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli Podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.